0: Our God is a missionary God, and we are his missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary.
1: So what do these names have in common? Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, and Anna Dob, Sandra Wisdom Martin. You'll find out after the break. Hey, so welcome to our episode of The Scent Life. I'm Scott Hildreth, and we're here in the Scent Life studio today uh, with our partner in crime, Dr. Anna Dobb. Anna, welcome. Glad to be back. Anna, this is a little bit different today it is. than we normally do. Normally, it's me and you talking about missionary history and um, uh, heroes around the world. And today, we have a great opportunity to introduce kind of a modern day a missionary hero, right? A That's friend of true. yours.
0: Good friend of mine.
1: So why don't you introduce your friend, Sandra Wisdom Martin, and tell us a little bit about her. And uh, you take it away. This is an exciting day that we get to learn about uh, one of the strong uh, mission organizations uh, that works with our Southern Baptist Missionaries, our International Mission Board, North American Mission Board. So take it away, Anna.
0: Great. Thanks for that introduction, Scott. Yep. Um, so as he said, today we are joined by my dear friend, Sandy Wisdom Martin, who is the executive director of the National WMU uh, Women's Missionary Union. Now, You could hear from me about this, but she's the one who has the intimate knowledge about what WMU is, and so I'm going to let her introduce that. So, Sandy, first of all, welcome. I should say that. Glad to be here.
2: Good morning. Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us, what is WMU? What is WMU? Women's Missionary Union was organized in 1888. Wow. And I've been a part of it just about my whole life. Really? (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe not my whole life. But it was organized in 1888. Actually, the what is now the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board originally were called the Foreign Mission Board and the me- Domestic Mission Board was called the Home Mission Board. They actually went to state conventions and said, we would like help promoting missions. And so they organized these central committees of Baptist women in each of the state conventions. Within three years, they had... Central committees of state uh, in each state convention of these Baptist women gathered together to pray for missions, mostly to systematically raise money for missions. And the foreign mission board did it first. They went to the the home mission board, went to them, and said, "We like what you're doing. Can we be a part of that?" And then the foreign mission board leader, Doctor Tupper, said, "No, get your own women." And so they <laughs> they went and get, they went and created their own. Uh, committees of Baptist women. And then later, we came together and formed Woman's Missionary Union. That's really how we got our start.
0: That's great. So so you're saying that this organization of women came together for the sake of missions? Yes. And for the sake of raising money for funds, praying for missionaries, and then were they originally a missions education organization,
2: uh, or did that come later? Uh, the two reasons we were organized was to help um, give information to missions organizations, to mission societies, they were called back then, and to systematically raise money for missions. We've always been about missions. Many people think you're a women's organization. No, we're a missions organization that's run by women. That's that's amazing. Uh,
0: So talk to me a little bit about some of the, the reasons that WMU is important today.
2: Well, back in 1888, when we started the Home Mission Board came to us and said, help us raise money for a cemetery and a church in Cuba. And so the women got these little cards that had pictures of bricks on them, and they had to get 20 $0.10 signatures. They each had to raise $2,000, and they raised several thousand dollars to help the Home Board. Then the International Mission Board what was then called the four mission board came and said would you help raise money to send two women to help lottie in china and they raised enough money to send three women to help lottie in china and so and then eventually they named their international mission offering after lottie moon and today they've raised 5 billion dollars from that offering that they first started for lottie and raised 2 billion for a later for an offering that was later named after Annie Armstrong but we've always been about missions sure. learning about missions praying for missions supporting missions doing missions and telling others about Jesus That's incredible
0: so Annie Armstrong uh, you brought up her name yes we are almost to the time of this Annie Armstrong. Uh, offering. Yes. So who is Annie Armstrong and why why should we know who this person is?
2: Well a lot of people don't know that back in 1888 when we were organized Annie was our first leader. She was the first corresponding secretary later that became executive director. That name switched and so um, she was our first leader from the whole time that she led she never took a salary wow but what she led us to do was incredible and much of the fruit that we're reaping today was because of things that she put in motion the the offerings that that I've already talked about but she was also passionate about diversity and bringing others she she petitioned the home mission board to to have a missionary to work with with Italian immigrants and German immigrants. Um, she just really wanted to include everybody in, in the gospel. She took a 40-day, it was a train and horseback ride and carriage ride through the territory of Oklahoma to help bring them into the convention wow. and to help do uh, mission work on the, on the frontier. Much of what we enjoy today as a convention was because of the labor of her hands. Wow.
0: Wow. So just to remind, because I I feel like when you jump in and you talk about uh, going by horseback into the Oklahoma frontier, this is late 1800s, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, So Annie also uh, was known for
2: her letters, right? She was. And I don't have the book in front of me, so I'm going to get it wrong. But one year she wrote... About a 1,000 letters. She doubled that the next year. But the third year, she wrote 17,000 letters by hand. Her hand was permanently damaged from those efforts, uh, basically asking people to raise money for missions. That's incredible.
0: So very similarly to... to Lottie Moon's importance because of the letters she leaves yes. behind. Yes, Annie Armstrong is also important because of some of the letters that she left behind as yes, well. Yes,
2: absolutely. And one of my favorite artifacts at National WMU is a letter that Lottie wrote to Annie in 1889, right after we had taken that mission offering to send people to help her. And basically she's saying, um, it's cold here. Tell the women to pack long underwear. But then she says— <laughs> Tell them not to don't don't entertain any notion of delay. We need them here now and was just compelling Annie to get those women to China as quick as she could.
0: Wow. So if some of our listeners uh, maybe maybe this is the first time they're hearing about WMU. Mm -hmm. If they were interested in being involved in WMU, what would you suggest to them?
2: Yeah, well, it depends on what passion God has laid on your heart. We basically do three things. We call them our three big rocks. We have missions, discipleship. That's for all ages. Like I teach preschoolers in, in my little country church every Wednesday night. And basically what I teach the preschoolers, we teach all people. God loves you. God loves the people of the world. The people of the world don't know God loves them. We need to tell them. And even though that's for preschoolers and at that level, that's basically the whole message. Um, We need to take the gospel to the nations. So we have missions discipleship for all age levels. We also have compassion ministries. We work with artisans around the world. Many of our mission personnel work with artisans and we help get their products to market. We do water projects around the world. We do filters for all of our missionaries. We, we have a database of missionary houses. We have about 540 missionary houses across the United States that our personnel can stay in when they are stateside. So we do compassion ministries. We also do leadership development so, Sandy, let's go back to this
0: idea about the artisan crafts. Mm-hmm. Um, how, If some of our listeners were interested in learning more about w- what you're doing and, and how to support it,
2: where would they go? They can go to worldcrafts.org, and they can read the stories of the artisans, and they can also purchase items there. Like we work with Proverbs 31 women in Uganda. All of these women are widowed and HIV positive, and they make their crafts— out of um rolled paper and they make the most beautiful necklaces one of my favorite stories um, comes from the field working with our personnel and they went into a tourist shop and they were selling what we obviously knew was nativity and they asked the artisan what is that you're making and the artisan had no idea wow But he said, I don't know what this is, but the tourists go wild over them." Well, our mission personnel were able to tell them what they were making and to share the gospel with them. And they became a Worldcraft artisan group.
0: Wow. Very, very cool.
2: One of the things that I would like
0: to say to our listeners is that I consider myself a product of WMU. Um, I'm now teaching at Southeastern Seminary. I work as the director of special projects and partnerships for global theological initiatives, and I've, I've served overseas in the past. But my love for the nations actually began in uh, a Girls in Action missions discipleship class when I was a child. Um, and so I, I want to say, with Sandy sitting right here, thank you so much for your investment in children. I think that that's—in uh, children and adults, but I—, I as a child, you gave me a, a picture of this beautiful big world and how and God's love for it and I'm very thankful to WMU for that.
2: Well, I had a similar type of experience and I grew up in a tiny Southern Baptist church in southern Illinois and we always had bivocational pastors and a new bivocational pastor's wife came and and started a missions discipleship class called Act Teens, which was the next one for it was for teenagers. Sure. And the world opened up to me, and it just gave me opportunities I would have never had otherwise to see what God was doing around the world. To take my tiny worldview from a little place in the country in Southern Illinois and expand it globally was life-changing for me, just like it was for you.
0: That's incredible. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for introducing us to WMU, this organization devoted to women on mission. And thank you so
2: much for also introducing us to Annie Armstrong. I have been delighted to be with you. And I'd like to thank you for what you're doing and pouring into the next generation to get the gospel to the nations. Thanks. Scott.
1: Thank you guys for being here. The cool part of the story. All My Missionary Journey starts with the WMU2. I remember being a little boy and having a little bitty rice bowl that we were supposed to give through the Lighty Moon Christmas offering uh, and everything we have. Sandy, thanks so much for being here. Glad to. Sent Life, it is such a joy to have you on our campus and to have you as part of our podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you.